Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Much of the book of Acts is devoted to the account of Paul the Apostle as he journeyed through the uttermost parts of the earth, speaking and testifying of the resurrected Christ. This word was a blessing to many, but a dagger in the heart of some. In Paul we see a man of God, in spirit, intent, and resolute in this one thing, to preach among the people the unsearchable riches of Christ. Stay with us today as we once again look at the New Testament example of a New Testament minister of Christ on the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. This program is furnished by Living Stream Ministry and features the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, who labored in the New Testament ministry of Christ as they proclaimed the resurrected Christ throughout the mainland of China more than 60 years ago. Watchman Nee ultimately gave his life for this testimony, but Witness Lee was spared by the Lord to bring this ministry of the divine life and its glorious enlargement to the Western world. He began the life study of the Bible in 1974 and finished in 1995 at the age of 89. We will bring you recorded excerpts from his spoken ministry today from the Book of Acts, and with us to fellowship about these portions is Dennis Higashi. Dennis? It is really quite a heritage that we have received from our brothers Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. But I think it's a heritage that reaches much farther back than just the 1930s. This is really the heritage of the New Testament apostles, isn't it? It surely is, Chris. These two brothers, Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, are truly faithful men, especially in this century. In God's plan in God's economy, there's always been a line through the ages. You can see in church history that the faithful men labored or got into the divine revelation in the divine record and saw what was there and opened up all the mysteries and the gems of the New Testament and the Bible. And surely with Watchman and Witness Lee, they have very much fulfilled this particular portion. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says that he would like to enlighten all that they may see what the economy of the mystery is, which throughout the ages has been hidden in God who created all things. This is Ephesians 3 9. When I read this verse, I think of both Brother Nee and Brother Lee, of how they have opened up the mystery of God's economy to us. And we're so happy to be associated and affiliated with these two brothers. Well, as we've mentioned in uh, several broadcasts in the past, Dennis, so many people are not that familiar uh, with these two 20th century brothers that served, as you said, very much in the same line of the New Testament economy that we're seeing unfolded in the book of Acts. The first two chapters devoted primarily to the ministry that Peter uh, began and took to the Jewish world, and then Paul continued to the Gentiles. We're really still focusing on that portion. But as you said, 
it is a privilege uh, that we would be able to bring this kind of ministry to so many hungry-seeking people in the 20th century That's that correct. in the past have maybe, for whatever reason, not had a chance to be exposed to such a ministry. I feel like it's a real opportunity. Even in Paul's age, so many received the mystery of God's economy, but it was hidden but today it has been unveiled and revealed to us through the ministry of both Watchman and Witness Lee. Well, Dennis, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul again today and uh, many of the specifics related to not just what he spoke, but what kind of person he was and how he presented the gospel to so many of his hearers. Let's join Witness Lee with the first portion of our live study today. In chapter 18, we could see Paul's way of preaching. Firstly, he went to the synagogues to uh, testify to the Jews that Jesus is Christ. Sometimes when we preach the gospel to the new hearers, to tell them something about Jesus directly, uh, they would not take. So we always like to uh, use some signs as can opener for our preaching to the new ones. We like to use some other means to open up the situation. I wouldn't say that should not be used at all, yet please remember, our job is not to do other things, but to minister, not only to present, but also to minister Jesus Christ to all the sinners. You may say, well, if you do this directly, it would be quite hard. I agree with Yet, you have to know, this is why, number one, we must pray to get the power, the impact. Every New Year time, that was in Chan, our church, entire church, do not celebrate the Chinese New Year. We didn't celebrate the New Year. We prepare food, we prepare everything, we prepare our rooms, beddings, everything, for inviting our relatives to come, to listen to the gospel. Not only the brothers and the wives prayed, even the grandpa, grandmas, all the children, all prayed. In the last night, of the year, December the 31st. In that night, we all fasted. But according to Chinese custom, that night was the best time for eating, for feasting, for the celebration of a new year. But we declared no feasting, but fasting. All the saints fasted in that evening. Then when the first day of the year came, we all came together with our friends, relatives, neighbors, with much prayer. While I was preaching, a number of the saints kneeling in the rooms, in the hall. The hall had a lot of rooms. They all kneeling there, pray until my message be over. Fifty minutes or sixty minutes, they all prayed there for a long time. Prayer. We trust in prayer. Number two, our power is in the Word. We don't preach anything. We just preach by speaking the Word from the Holy Bible. The truth. 
the truth prevails. There is the power in every word of God. We preach typically the Holy Word. We don't preach Chinese teaching, Chinese ethics, Chinese philosophy. We don't use many stories. Mainly we preach Jesus Christ from the revelation of the Holy Bible. Here we have the power. God's word is powerful. Then our power is in the spirit. We believe that we have the spirit within us. And we have also the spirit upon us. We have the power. Don't go the same way. Go the way of prayer. Go the way of the word. And we go the way of the spirit. And we do believe that the Lord today is the processed spirit who dwells in us and who also dwells upon us. We must believe that while we are serving him, speaking something for him, especially speaking himself forth, we have to believe that he is with us. Our prayer and his word and his very presence which is called in the New Testament the anointing is with us. This is the power. This is the impact. Of course, whenever we preach or present the gospel of Christ to unbelievers, we need to be empowered by and with the Spirit. Paul speaking and Peter's in Acts both were full of power. Where does this power come from? How do we get this kind of power for our speaking? Witness Lee in the broadcast has brought out this matter related to the gospel. It is not just to present some aspects of salvation or not just to tell some stories. It is really to minister Christ. Paul's job and our job is to dispense the unsearchable riches of Christ as the gospel to all the unbelievers. For this, we need the power or we need the impact. And we can see from the example there that Witnessly has given, much of the power came from their prayer. There was a very touching story of how they were all praying prior to the gospel time. And even during the gospel meeting itself, many were on their knees praying during the gospel message. This brought in a great impact related to the gospel. Also, Witness Lee in the broadcast has mentioned the matter of the Word. Chris, this was quite touching, and I'd like to just share from one of the footnotes in 1 John chapter 1 in the New Testament Recovery Version, this matter of truth. Uh, Witness Lee says that the truth prevails, that in everything we do related to the gospel, we don't use gimmicks, but we just trust in the prayer, in the Word, and in the Spirit. And this matter of truth is very profound in the New Testament. In the footnote, it states that uh, the truth denotes all the realities of the divine economy as the content of the divine revelation conveyed and disclosed by the Holy Word. The Word of God, as the divine revelation, not only reveals but also conveys the reality of God and Christ, and of all the divine and spiritual things. Surely, when we trust in this word, the revealed divine reality, our speaking of the gospel will be full of impact. The third thing that Witness Lee mentioned was the matter of the Spirit. 
Uh, we have to believe that we do have the spirit within us essentially and upon us economically for our life and work. When we trust in the prayer, the word, and the spirit, we surely do have the impact in the gospel. Well, these three are three that should be uh, indelibly impressed on our being. Prayer, the word, and the spirit. If we have these, we really don't need, as we talked about, any gimmicks or other features to our presentation, do we, Dennis? That's correct. Well, we're going to see this a little bit more dramatically emphasized in the coming portion. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Praying, praying, praying all the time. Prayer brings in the power. And then the Word, always with the Word. And the Word, second the Lord, could never be exhausted in our speaking. The Word is the power, and our power is just a triune God. Don't you believe the triune God is with us? Yeah. Nearly at the beginning of every meeting, when I go to speak, I pray this way, Lord, you are one spirit with me. Lord, I like to practice being one spirit with you. Lord, make it so real in my speaking that you are one spirit with me. And Lord, do speak your word in my speaking. This has been nearly all the time my vital prayer before I give a message. While I'm speaking, he's speaking in my speaking. And he's one spirit with me. They're saying, this is the power. Don't trust in other things. A professor and so-and-so, and he could present a message about the science to convince all the scientific students. Well, that's not bad. But we shouldn't put our trust in that. We put our trust fully, wholly, absolutely, and entirely in our prayer, in His Word, and in His anointing. That is the triune God Himself. So you could see here, the Apostle Paul, he never used any kind of gimmick. He didn't use any kind of gimmick. He always spoke the Word directly. Young saints, even you are just two years of age in the Lord. But still you can pick up portion of the word. Pick up portion of the word. And go to preach that portion of the word to others. Don't trust in your eloquence. I'm not eloquent. I don't have eloquence. I'm not smart in speaking. I'm altogether not smart in singing. When one is not smart in singing, he's always not smart in speaking. The singers are always eloquent. <laughs> to me, to so do the same. <laughs> and I don't have the musical ears. This is why my pronunciation in English very poor, quite much wrong. No need to say in English. In my mother tongue, always I made mistakes. <laughs> and my wife made the name, even this morning, I couldn't pronounce rightly. <laughs> always I pronounce wrongly. In my speaking, a lot of wrong pronunciations, wrong in this, wrong in that. Hallelujah. The Lord used wrong pronunciations. 
that are used the wrong pronunciations to save people. Dennis, in today's situation among Christians, many things are undertaken in an attempt to bring the gospel of Christ to unbelievers. Often we see modern music, different kinds of entertainment, stories, multimedia, visual aids, all kinds of things are utilized to draw a crowd and then to try to hold their attention. But honestly, we do need to compare that approach to the pattern that was set by the Apostle Paul and the others in the New Testament, don't we? Absolutely, Chris. You can't see any indication of gimmicks or entertainment or the mere teaching of psychology or giving advice in the example in Acts. We just see a man of God who is Paul and his co-workers who are one with the Lord, and they were there exercising to pray, to be in the Word, even in 18.5, Chris, in this particular portion, Paul says in the account that they were constrained by the Lord's word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. In fact, I think at least four times in the book of Acts, Paul has mentioned that he is there testifying that Jesus is the Christ in chapter 9, in chapter 17, and in chapter 18. So this was Paul's whole emphasis, and as a pattern to us, we can see he was occupied with the prayer, with the word, and with the spirit, not with any gimmicks. And based upon this, uh, he had the impact and the power to preach the gospel. Of course, Paul said he rejoiced whenever Christ was proclaimed in any way, and we would too. Certainly, we don't discount that many people have been led to the Lord in this kind of an environment, uh, utilizing some of these things, I believe our intent really is not to condemn or criticize, right. but just to draw a comparison and for our own sake, our own enlightenment, to see a comparison to the biblical principle, the biblical pattern that was put before us. That's correct. And perhaps we can have a reconsideration. Do we need these things? Right. Dennis, let's go back. We have more of Witness Lee, and then you and I will return for one final chance to fellowship about this very powerful and enlightening life-study message. Once again, here's Witness Lee. I know a story about D.L. Moody. He was a young apprentice in his uncle's shoe store. Then he got the burden to preach the gospel. Then he became prevailing. Moody made a decision. Every day, he has talked to at least one person. Every day. He made such a decision. Then one night, he was going to bed. Oh, he was reminded by himself he didn't talk to anybody that day. So he put up himself. Well, it was quite late, probably midnight. He went out, looked out on the street, nobody there. Then he saw a policeman. <laughs> she went to the policeman, he said, Sir, you need Jesus. And that policeman turned to him, Get away. That's my business. <laughs> he got rebuked. <laughs> she went back home. But that policeman, after a while, in the night, thought about it. <laughs> This must be something. Otherwise, how could this man in midnight came to me? There must be something. Then the next day, the policeman studied, and he found out where Moody was. And he went to Moody, 
and that policeman got saved. The power is there. No gimmick. It all depends what kind of being you are. You must be this person, this kind of person with a burden, with a proper constitution of Jesus. Paul was fully constituted with the all-inclusive Jesus. Whatever he spoke in the beginning, try message, he came to the conclusion on Jesus. Here, it says, testifying to Jews that Jesus is Christ. He taught the word. I feel we all have to learn of this. Don't go the shortcut way. We must pray. We must learn the word. Don't go the short way. We must be one with the Lord according to his promise. He that joins the Lord is one spirit. Standing on this word and practice it and claim the fact. Lord, this is your word. Stand on your word claiming the fact. You have to vindicate your word that you are really one with me. I'm going to speak for you. I'm going to speak for you. So you must do your job. You must indicate that you are really one with your followers. We need to pray such a prayer. Well, Dennis, for any of us that have ever preached the gospel, whether in a gospel meeting, formal gospel meeting, or even one-on-one, uh, this has to be an invaluable kind of word today. Yes. Our power surely comes from these three things, prayer, the word, and the spirit. We got some definition on this last point right at the end of Witness Lee's sharing here. I'd like you to develop this just a bit, this phrase, to be one spirit with the Lord. What is this, Dennis? We've heard this term before, but it wasn't developed that much today in Witness Lee's sharing. What is to practice to be one spirit with the Lord? Chris, this was a quotation from 1 Corinthians 6.17, where Paul says that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. This is a profound and mysterious statement, Chris. It shows that through believing into the Lord, we enter into an organic union with him. I'd like to emphasize this word, organic union. It is not a mental ascent. It is not just an accepting some moral principles or some Christian doctrine. When we believe in Christ, we actually enter into a union with him that is so organic, I would even say metabolic, intrinsic, in this kind of way. Too many times today, the relationship, we believe that God is far away, and as good Christian people, we try just to promulgate good behavior or just some moral principles. The Bible reveals to us that we have been joined to the Lord as one. In other words, Chris, today the Lord is the Spirit in resurrection. He has been joined with our spirit. The Spirit 
plus our spirit equals not two spirits, but one spirit. This is the mingled spirit. In other words, Chris, this means that we are no longer two, but we are one. We are actually one spirit with the Lord. And based upon this one spirit, we stand on the Lord's word. We speak one with the Lord. What we speak, the Lord is speaking. And um, we exercise, uh, especially in the matter of the gospel preaching, to be one spirit with the Lord. And I believe when we get to the uh, life study of First Corinthians, uh, this will be much more developed because surely this is a profound, profound mystery in God's economy. Dennis, it reminds me, we had a word in chapter 16 where the Apostle Paul, I believe, was beginning his second missionary journey and he intended under what I'm sure he thought was uh, uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit to go into a certain city in Asia. And the word is quite striking there. It says that he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Then he determined, well, if not that one, I'll go into a, a second city, a different city in Asia. If you can't go to the right, I'll go to the left. And there it says that the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Right. Finally, of course, this was what God was using to bring the gospel and to bring Paul and those co-laboring with him into Europe, uh, which really opened all kinds of new avenues for the spread and the propagation of the resurrected Christ. But it strikes me as you were talking about Paul and this life of being one spirit with the Lord. Right. How do we get uh, such a kind of leading from the Lord that Paul seemed to receive in this portion? Even a forbidding of something as commendable and laudatory as preaching the gospel. Chris, this is a great example to us to show here is a man of God who is Paul, who just was not led by the outward environment. A door was here, a door was there, but he was led inwardly by the Lord. He was exercising to be one spirit with the Lord in every way, and through being one spirit with the Lord, he was led to go, as you said, to Europe. That opened up all the avenues for the gospel. Dennis, that's a fitting point, I think, to draw this program to a close, that we would all be burdened and enlightened that there is such a thing, that we can live day by day, exercising ourselves to be one spirit with not just the God in the heavens, but the life-giving spirit, the real person of Christ who's indwelling all of his faithful believers. That's correct, Chris. I agree. Wonderful fellowship. Thank you very much, Dennis. And please come back very soon for another Life Study program. We hope that you'll be back with us very soon as well. This Life Study program that we've had today is covering Life Study message number 49 in the Life Study of Acts, volume number 3. If you'd like to receive this volume or any of the others or all of them, please contact us. Toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 543-3788. Or write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send your email to radio at lsm.org. Today, for Dennis Agashi, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia, and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, 
an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.